This is a Federal News Network podcast. With the infrastructure bills up in the air and the government operating on a continuing resolution for routine spending, you might say the only thing that's certain is uncertainty. For advice on how contractors can factor in that uncertainty and keep going, we turn to the Senior Director of Federal Market Analysis at Deltec, Denise Peterson. Denise, always good to have you on. Thanks for having me. So uncertainty, I guess, is something that occurs every year, but we have the CR now until December, but all of these other possible spending programs swirling up in the air while they fight about it. So what do you show are some good practices for contractors to stay alive here? I think the core of it and what I've seen over the years, you know, talking to contractors is around scenario planning, right? Because with uncertainty, you know, some areas you can kind of predict what may happen and some you can't. And when you have a perfect storm of budget uncertainty and a pandemic and a new administration, you know, it's harder to predict, right? But companies that invest the time in scenario planning. So what does the impact to our business look like if the CR is what we usually see, which is like, we usually have something in place for Q2, right? But what if it goes beyond Q2, which has happened, you know, many times over the past? And what does that look like in terms of our opportunity pipeline and reassessing the health of the opportunity pipeline? Are those the same opportunities? If there is a delay or, you know, God forbid, another shutdown, how does that change the makeup of that pipeline? Also looking at resources, right? Because one of the big decisions a lot of companies have to make, especially those on the smaller side, is when you have a plan for a contract you're pursuing or you're implementing on, and then CRs and shutdowns and things happen, you know, there's a decision point where, okay, I have a limited number of resources here, whether it's money or people and thinking about, do I move people to other contracts? Do I keep them there and kind of see what happens? So kind of thinking about all those different scenarios that can play out, whether it's time frame, funding levels, because there's extra with the infrastructure bill, potentially the reconciliation bill, and then resources and really looking at it as its own project is basically what I've seen. Sure. And that resource question is really the key one, I think, because in some sense, if it doesn't look like business is going to be coming through, it might be no fun, but it's fairly easy to shrink the company to the size of the business you have. But I imagine maybe a bigger challenge is suppose things start flowing or you do get that new contract and you have to ramp up in this environment. That ain't easy either. That's part of that resource picture and this hashtag great exodus that's going on across the country. Really having to take a look at that because that's another factor that I think is adding to that perfect storm, right? So looking at okay, if we are in a position where we can write out the usual stuff, the CRs and things like that, and we do see opportunities coming from new funding, are we in a position to take advantage of that, whether it's resources to pursue it or people that can actually do the work because now we're competing against everybody at a level kind of compensation-wise that maybe we weren't ready for. Sure, because the workforce is in some disarray. I mean, the usual patterns Mm -hmm. of employment and unemployment are just seemingly at odds with what the economy is actually doing. And therefore, I think federal contractors, would you say, have as much trouble finding the talent they need as the nearby restaurant? Yes. 
We're speaking with Denise Peterson. She is Senior Director of Federal Market Analysis at Deltec. And what kinds of relationships, conversations, activities with your federal customer should you be having through all of this? Should you be talking regularly, even though there may not be a whole lot to talk about? Well, for sure, that's always recommended because it can be difficult to really get a picture of what's going on inside of an agency through these kinds of scenarios. And I would imagine that if the CR you know, we get final appropriations after the single CR, it's probably not as dire because we're used to that for the past, you know, 20 something years at least. But moving beyond that, then agencies have to make some decisions and contractors kind of need to get an insight into what those are around, you know, because once you get past Q1 and say get into Q2, now we're looking at impacts to agency missions. We know, you know, new starts are off the table. You know, each company has a different kind of threshold for how long they can kind of twist in the wind, right? So getting those conversations going as early as possible. Agencies are used to CRs, but if another shutdown is on the table, agencies obviously have plans for that. But, you know, just talking about, well, are there any changes to your plan that you had in place for the last shutdown? Unfortunately, because those shutdowns are happening more frequently, you know, the past five years and the past, you know, 20 years before that. So stay agile and keep the whiteboard eraser nearby and lots of fresh markers. And another aspect of this is managing your subcontractors, because that can have a big impact on your ability to compete and to get projects done. So what about dealing with them and, again, keeping them interested, but even if you don't necessarily have a lot of money flowing toward them? So that's it. Keep them as engaged as possible in terms of sharing with them, you know, the pipeline and what we see coming and what we see the potential is and in the pipeline, as well as future opportunities that could come from, you know, new legislation and just staying engaged with them, not only to kind of keep them interested in kind of the teaming part, but if you're already partners with them, one of the biggest impacts of a shutdown is the kind of the the revenue flow from the prime to the sub. So if there are delays at the prime level, they're not going to pay the subs, right, necessarily until they feel like they're in a position to do that. And so subs, a lot of them, of course, are small businesses that they can only float for so long. So just kind of, it's almost like a confidence building exercise of, we got you, we're still in this, we're still pushing ahead where we can, we're being diligent about staying aware of where we aren't and keeping you engaged. And if you are a subcontractor, you might have to tell your people, well, maybe you should go after that waiter job in the meantime. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you do, you know, and, and say, we'll welcome you back. But, you know, people have to eat, right? So <laughs> Don't spill the pasta, that. right? <laughs> there you go. Denise Peterson is Senior Director of Federal Market Analysis at Deltec. As always, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the President and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest 
credit union where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life, and um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style, and how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, It's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it. Um, From Sea to the C-Suite, fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that 
I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance in some cases and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell C-stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. Looking for holiday gifts for less? Come to Ross and say yeah to making your dollar stretch on name brand toys, clothes, and gifts. Get the gift of savings this holiday from Ross. Yes for less. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.